Did you see my totally awesome themed cocktail? Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I'm pretty impressed with myself because actually this morning we went to three different locations looking for dry ice. All right. <laughs> three different locations. I love your dedication to this <laughs> podcast. I just love it. The best part about it, it, about getting that dry ice, the smallest amount that I could buy was seven pounds of dry ice. And it takes, in order to make that picture, it takes about a quarter, like a the size of a quarter to do that. So I have all of this dry ice and I'm not sure what to do with it. So I've been like putting it in glasses of water and like just leaving it places. Like my whole house is like Halloween themed right now. Like, like I had some coffee. I put a little dry ice in it. Later, um, I'm probably going to take a dry ice bath just to see. It's like part science experiment part hilarious thing it was the best way i could (laughs) think of for how to make something looks look ghost-like and it accomplished its goal i'm pretty sure it's better than the book (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i was like that's more thought out that is more thought out than any part of this book Deanna Lana's podcast, Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary, woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent Get Literary podcast. This is series one, season one, episode eight of our vaguely romance novel, Two Person Book Club. My name is Alana and I am one of your hosts today. Today we are discussing Immortal Cowboy by Alexis Morgan. How are you today, Woo-hoo. Wendy? I'm pretty great. Pretty great? This was a silly book. <laughs> She's just like, gonna, every single time I think about this, because I remember that we were like, not sure if it was if he was actually just a vampire and not actually ghost. Yeah. But he's actually a ghost. Yeah. Actually 100% a ghost. Sexy ghost. Well, it's from the vampire series, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think other books. And I guess... I guess you could just loop that in to yeah, yeah. It's to just like vampires, yeah, just vampires. Because whenever you have vampires, <laughs> it's like an invitation to like the franchise of various other. Like anybody can come into a vampire book, and mm-hmm. like I guess all your your it's belief anybody. is entirely suspended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, officially suspended. Oh right, it's it's in the Harlequin Nocturne series number one eighty two, uh-huh. and it's vampire number six. But there's no vampires in it. <laughs> absolutely none or connecting characters <laughs> also i'd like to point out that this is the first harlequin that i have read to my knowledge ever even though every time i talk about romance novels they're like oh wendy and her harlequin novels i'm like uh no <laughs> uh, i read me. avon uh. <laughs> they are 7.98 at the grocery store not two dollars and 39 cents <laughs> Uh, so I'm paying an extra five dollars for it. Exactly you. for quality, for quality, <laughs> for quality. That's at five dollars. Quality. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what are you drinking today, Wendy? I am drinking a beer. It's a Goose IPA, and I just finished one. I'm gonna have another one. Excellent. Goose Island. I am drinking the previously mentioned. Cowboy, cowboy ghost cocktail I made, which I googled for a cowboy cocktail, and I found that uh, the idea of a Corona with a shot of tequila in it and some lime, 
And I was like, <laughs> gross. That seems all right. I, I could do that. And then I'm like, oh man, if only I had a mason jar. And then Matt was like, we have mason jars downstairs. <laughs> right. Because he like all of our um, extra oil or whatever, uh, fat or whatever he puts into like mason jars. And I'm like, cool. And then he's like, and we can get some dry ice. Yeah, I'm just going to say now. It was Matt's idea to do the dry ice. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's okay because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> exactly. Like he will only know about this in two weeks or whatever uh, when the book when it actually comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, but it it is about as good as you would imagine that is. I'm not, I mean, it tastes like a Corona with lime in it, which is pretty good. And then it's got a shot of and tequila. it's really cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's not currently bubbling, I should say, because you're not supposed to actually drink it oh. while it's dry icing. There are many. What? There's a whole pamphlet that comes when you buy dry ice. That was the other part about it is you had to be 21 to buy dry ice, which we had not realized <laughs> either. And we'd gotten to the self-checkout line because we were buying dry ice in a lime. And we didn't think that there needed to be any documentation in this process. <laughs> But then, and then it was like, see cashier. And I'm like, see cashier about what? We're buying a single lime, the lime. And, a, and a thing of, of dry ice. And apparently you need, you need to, they need to see your ID in that situation. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are these kids doing these <laughs> yeah, days yeah. of dry ice? Yeah, they're just like. These dastardly kids. 14 <laughs> year olds just buying tons of dry ice and just doing exactly what I would do, which was just spookifying everything. and then not drinking it because you can't drink it you can't drink it during you just have to wait for it to evaporate that's ridiculous so i think as i drink this drink how much did that cost you eight dollars such a deal right yeah it's you know it's a surprising deal for dry ice (laughs) (laughs) out of all the prices i've seen for dry ice It's quite a deal. Quite a deal. Should go right back over there. We knew that you could buy dry ice because my sister has a popsicle business, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. she travels, and when she travels, she brings pops with her sometimes because people want to have them. And she brings it in a cooler with dry ice in there. Hmm. I don't know why you couldn't just bring normal ice. I think because that becomes liquid and you can't take that on a plane. Uh, I have no no opinion on that. <laughs> I've never tried to cart around popsicles before. <laughs> so we'll move on to Wendy's rant today. So this is this is related not particularly to the book, but we do come across this quite often, and Alana and I are in agreement about this rant. Yes. So I'm sure she'll have much to contribute. Um, fucking fairies, man. Uh. I hate fairies uh, in every paranormal romance that comes out i just hate them i hate them so much god they're so awful because well okay here's my theory is that so you make a vampire n- novel that's an urban fantasy sure that's fine vampires sucking blood you know we're in this like slightly mystical world that's great and then the next book you're like oh i need a different type of magical creature and so they go vampires and werewolves and then the third book, you're like, vampires and werewolves and, uh, I don't know, shapeshifters that do other things. Mm-hmm. And then vampires and werewolves and shapeshifters. And then the, the author's like, 
shit. What can I do next? And they always go to fairies. And every (laughs) single time, it fucks up everything. I feel like the author is always going, no, no, no. They're fairies, but in a cool way. (laughs) And they totally mess up, like, the entire plot line. Because before... It was urban fantasy. And then when you get fairies in, then you have to go to the land of Fae. Then you have to, like, like have a different universe. And then, like, people are talking weird. And then you're just, like, basically, like, high fantasy. Which is not what I was reading. I was reading urban fantasy. I think that's, it's always when the author went to the Ren Fair. <laughs> and they're like, what if we had more Ren Fair characters in my novel? Because everyone loves yes. that shit. And they forget that, like... Sorry, people, for creative anachronism, but, like, that weirds out everyone else, right? Like, no one else wants to Mm -hmm. pretend that they are, like, a magical fairy-like creature from the Middle Ages. No. And also, fairies are psychopaths. They're always psychopaths. They're always psychopaths. Not even in a good way. Yeah. They're not even, like, complicated emotionally. They just, they're just, they just don't feel anything the way they should. And their thing is that they don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like the, like they're so they're so above everything that they just like they don't understand these puny humans. You know, <laughs> just dumb. In books with fairies, there's like the Charlene Harris, True Blood series. It all went down, and fairy mm-hmm. showed up. It was just it was just so bad. They're never the main character. They're one-sided characters. They're kind of like, they're kind of like mystical filler. (laughs) You just wanted somebody else to make it more mystical, and you just added a fairy, and they're dumb. You were like, huh, what are another thing that I won't have to explain or research? Oh, fairies. And Land of Fae? Ugh, then we have to deal with the Land of Fae. I hate the Land of Fae. It's fantasy. It's not urban fantasy. Don't make me go there. You're going to make me go there. And then we're going to have to do a quest. And then, like, meet people who talk weird. Like, let's just let's just go back to our vampires and living in the city, you know? <laughs> Girl trying to just get by. Living in the city. Just trying to get by with my werewolf <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's exactly that right. Is, yeah. That's the theme song for the for the um, romantic comedy. Urban fantasy. Yeah, urban fantasy. Like, they're trying to get you away from Tinkerbell. <laughs> really. Is what's stuck in your head. Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell. But you know what? Tinkerbell was also a jackass. Yeah. She was awful. Yeah. Have you read the book? Peter Pan? She's awful. I don't remember. I think I did. But I, I do remember that I, that I was like, why are you so terrible? Right. Yeah. She's insanely jealous selfish controlling she tries to get wendy killed i'm as a wendy i protest that <laughs> not a, maybe I, that's the real problem as a, as a as a as a as a as another wendy i need to support all other wendy's against these fairy <laughs> assholes they're not even yeah. good as like fairy godmothers right like any any sort of fairy <sighs> human no it's like you don't want to go to disney yeah and making a fairy is instantly too Disney. Do you do you know the difference between elves and fairies? Because I, I fucking know. I, I don't either. I don't like elves either. I will just say that. I hate elves. <laughs> They're the worst. For all the same reasons. Uh, They're just interchangeable. They're like, no, it's not a fairy. It's an elf. It's totally cooler. No, it's not. It's just point to your ears, right? 
And they're, like, even snootier. Totally. Yeah. There's a lot more, like, weird, weird, like, hierarchies and other things. But they're still going back to some Alvin land. Speaking yeah. some random language. Fuck that land. Hell to the now. I, I love shifters because they're cute and they're cuddly and they're, like, really loyal. They just seem like they'd be comfortable to, like, snuggle with. <laughs> <laughs> they wear a lot of sweats, right? Like, typically. Yeah, they, look, they wear sweats all the time. You don't have to wear a bra. Yeah. Or shifter. Yeah. No, totally. You wear, like, maxi dresses. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, yeah, yeah, there's just, you know, you could morph into something anytime. Your your magical power basically is only useful in battle situations. So you're not going to, like, have do, like, magical fairy shit for just fun. Fun. Lame fairies. Just no more fairies anywhere ever. Let's just get that done. There's urban fantasy and then there's fantasy. And just keep the fairies on the fantasy side. Okay? (laughs) I don't want any like switching around. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And finished. Done. El fin. El fin. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about this book because I can tell that like we're both like ready to talk about. Oh, all right, okay. so all right. Initial thoughts: Immortal Cowboy. I was just, I was just bored most of the time. I think this is one of those books that I would pick up and then I would start to read, and then I find it boring, and so I would skip to the sex scenes. But then the sex scenes are boring, and then I would just like <laughs> stop and just be mad. <laughs> I guess. What about you? I guess like I agree that there there was a huge amount of the book that was just like, like, you know first person following around another character who was not doing anything very interesting either. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is both <laughs> creepy and also lacking of any way, any moving the plot forward at all. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, we're just following around this other lady. With that said, I've read some really bad romance novels lately in this book. So I would call this in the middle of the books that we have read. <laughs> so I was really conflicted in which I'm like, you know, this book is kind of silly and dumb, but it generally follows a, a logical progression, right? <laughs> so sad that that's our... Yeah, that's and our... I'm like, you know, and in general, it does stick to the universe in which it creates, right? So... Very much so. And, and it has all of the normal writing things in it. it. Creates a couple of characters and creates an environment... And because of that, yeah, I couldn't, I, 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 the whole time I'm like, this is like, this is written by someone who is a professional romance novel writer, right? Like they, (laughs) they know why. This is their job. Yeah, this is their job. They know that they need to have at least four or five romance, like sex scenes. And by golly, there's going to be four or five sex scenes. I wonder, I wonder how that, how the Harlequin publishing system works yeah you know i I, there's got to be like rules to it right because they're definitely like if you read romances on as frequently as i do there is definitely a pattern Mm -hmm. you know and i feel i would be very interested to see if they actually like make them adhere to the pattern yeah like for instance there's there's always a sex scene like halfway through Mm -hmm. you know like almost through the like you know the 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 like middle crease of the book you know (laughs) yeah yeah the part that opens up the the best yeah and i think that there's kind of like a crescendo of establishing characters and keeping the same characters throughout 
like new characters don't typically show up. Yeah. It usually, yeah, it usually fits a very specific genre. And I do wonder if you write for Harlequin, right? And you write like tons of these, probably you have a certain way that you do this. Um, yeah. So. It's almost like you fill in the boxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I gave I gave this book out of two out of five stars, but I felt like giving it a three out of five stars for not being like disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I was not disappointed. Like I was, I mean, it wasn't great, but I wasn't expecting great. So I got exactly what I wanted from it. Yeah, yeah, which is not a lot. Yeah. With that said. There are a couple of, of things about this, and there's spoilers after this point, I will say. Number one, the ridiculousness of the ending, right? In which they have established very clearly that he is a ghost, right? He will always be a ghost, and he died 100 years ago, right? To the point in which, like, they try and change, quote unquote, the past, and, and then the kid still dies, right, that they're trying to save. Mm-hmm. But somehow, because of her sweet loving... <laughs> Like, this is like, he becomes a human. A human that was not there previously. (laughs) A live human. A live human. He becomes not only corporeal, but alive. This is, I think, the most incredible case of magic vagina. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a Lazarus vagina. (laughs) She really brings back the dead. Oh, goodness. Heavens. I know. Right? <laughs> right? She brought back the dead. She made a person there that wasn't there before. Just through yeah. her vagina. <laughs> you know how in paranormal romances, they're always talking about how, like, the body mass never changes? Mm-hmm. She straight up made body mass. <laughs> like, she made, like, 200 pounds of male body mass with her vagina. <laughs> More than that, wearing like a whole cowboy outfit. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Right? Like, I mean, he didn't exist before then. Which then brings mm-hmm. up all sorts of things. Because early in the book, like, they have sex in a dream, right? Which generally makes sense because he's like not, he's made of air, right? Like, he could mm-hmm. say some super sexy things to her, but it really would not work correctly, right? <laughs> Um, so, so anyway, they have sex in the dream and then she thinks about like the fact that they had not used protection, right? But then she reminds herself (laughs) that he's a ghost, right? But Uh then he becomes real later. So at what point did his sperm become real? Like, because clearly he becomes real, right? Like he becomes physical. So therefore, like... Does his his sperm? Yeah, is she like maybe he's throwing blood? Is she is she pregnant with a ghost baby? And Matt also was saying that we I really about wanted this. a ghost baby. Yeah. That's the next. <laughs> that's the next book in the series is Ghost Baby. Um, yeah, because he was like, oh, oh, and like if he has, if you know, you know, does his sperm like come out like little ghosty sperms? Like, ooh. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Being an upsetting sexual scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I I thought it was funny that like this is one of those things where it's an experiment 
that you just write yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. You know? Because ghost romance is always writing yourself into a corner. Because when do you actually have ghosts become <laughs> human? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm really interested to see what she does with this. Oh, nothing. <laughs> she just he just becomes a ghost. So that's that's great. <laughs> I mean he becomes ghost and then human, which is like awesome and as far as like okay so theoretically there's some sort of like i love how every single time he tries to explain what he's doing how he's a ghost he's like i don't fucking know i don't fucking know why i'm doing this versus why i'm doing that i don't know why i can hang around while the other ghosts can't hang around i don't know why why i'm corporeal around her i just i just don't fucking know and then when like he becomes a human. He's like, she's like, how did you do that? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fitting. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I guess, like, I, I think the only theory is of why all ghosts don't end up fighting their magical ghost vagina is not very many ghosts have the opportunity to bang the great-great-granddaughter <laughs> of the person they kind of had a thing for. Um, uh-huh. So maybe that's Kind of. Not a lot. But not a lot. Like, like not a whole bunch. Like, it was really kind of a co-worker relationship. Mm-hmm. He was like, I mean, I'd do her. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, his story... Like, if if the theory behind it is, like... You know, mo- most ghost stories, you you solve the ghost mystery and then they go on to the world. You know, mis- ghost mystery solved, no longer ghosts. They go to, I don't know, heaven or whatever. But this one, it was like, they solved the ghost mystery and <laughs> becomes human. Yeah, I was not, I was also like, okay, that's the end of the book. Like, he's gonna go away and she will always remember all the sweet lovings they did, right? <laughs> Uh-huh. No time did I think that he would become a person <laughs> after that point, right? And he was like, he was even toying with you. He was like, maybe if I do become a person? No, that should not cross your mind. Yeah. like you don't <laughs> Your mind should not be like, I'm going to solve my ghost mystery and then become a person. That's not how it works here. There's not a whole bunch of people who used to be here and are still here. Yeah. That's not... <laughs> It's like the ghost, like, registry. You have to... (laughs) There would be, like, a whole section in government of, like, oh, so you were dead and now you're alive again because you, like, (laughs) fucked some girl? Okay. (laughs) That's, like, that's, like, their green card. (laughs) Yeah, they also don't explain why we have this magical Groundhog's Day situation where they reenact the same scene every year. And for some reason, despite the fact he's a, he, he clearly can make decisions outside of it, he cannot change the behaviors that he does inside of that. Um, that, actually, that was the thing I was most okay with. Okay, yeah. That, that he, because, I mean, that's pretty typical. Like, ghosts redoing the things that they do in yeah, the past, that's true. you know. That's true. Everything else <laughs> was weird. <laughs> also, like, I think it's funny that his... His problem that he needed to solve was that his that boy died, mm-hmm. and so it's like guilt of accidentally killing someone. How many fucking times in the world has somebody died 
right after they like feel guilt about something. Like I feel like a lot. Like I feel like if ghosts had that and they solve it, I, I feel like there would be a lot more previously dead, currently alive people. That's true. In the world. Yeah. You know? It's just it yeah, the, the way that turned out, I was just very surprised because I was like, "This, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting would happen next in this book." <laughs> like now, everyone has to explain why this person suddenly exists with no social security number or medical records. <laughs> like he's basically and, now like an undocumented immigrant. Yeah, like without a country. Like I mean, that seems like quite a problem. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't make people with your magic vagina all the time, guys. <laughs> Another thing that drove me nuts about this book was the fact, all right, I am a college professor, all right? Uh-huh. The character in this book is a college professor, theoretically. Oh, I want to hear from you that this is very realistic. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because I was, like, reading that, and my favorite part, I didn't realize she was a college advisor until later, but in chapter two, I highlighted where she said, um, with luck, she could find enough information of short uh, for a short history of blessing to write a paper. I'm like, first of all, why the fuck would the scholarly record care about this fucking town, right? Even if you're doing, um, like, no studies of the cares. West, like, this city does not matter. Um, <laughs> her, her mouth curved into a wide smile as she considered the possibilities. If she didn't have enough money for enough information for a scholarly paper, there was another option. She loved romance novels, and she always already knew the time period inside and out. Surely she could come up with a storyline that fit the facts of blessing that she'd been able to cover. All right. Secondly, for for the point of of a scholarly record, you can't write a fucking romance novel. That's not part of your job. <laughs> like, if you wrote a romance novel, that is not going to help you towards tenure. In fact, I wrote at this point, fire her advisor. That's like what I wrote. <laughs> Like, because anyone that is telling her that that is how she should be using her time. And then I found out later, because they called her, like, a college instructor. And I was like, what? Like, are you, like, a weird adjunct? Like, where the fuck are you in the college system that you are a college instructor? So I thought she was, like, a grad student. And then I heard she was a professor. And I was like, wait, what? And you're just going to, I mean, I understand that your uncle just died or something. (laughs) But there's no way that this is helping your 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 projects forward, right? <laughs> like I was like the whole time that she was like studying, like blessing. I was like, this is not what scholars do at all. <laughs> like like just looking up random things about one city in the West and not comparing it to any other cities in the West or explaining why that city matters. Mm-hmm. That is not what scholars do. I am a history major undergrad, and I know that. Why does this girl, who is supposed to be a college history professor, not know that? Like, it's just mind-blowing to me that they thought that, like, I don't know. So I, the whole time I was like, this doesn't, this, I, that was one of the many times in which I imagined a version of this book in which actually the guy had not existed, and this was just a psychological thriller about a very very like wrong person (laughs) because like like clearly she's not really a college professor right and clearly her family Uh is very concerned about her 
To the point of like extremely concerned. To the point of threatening. She was emotionally unstable. Yeah, to threaten the institutionalization, right? She faints randomly, (laughs) right? And she totally does not have any like qualms about the fact that she fainted and doesn't want to like seek medical help about that situation (laughs) at all, right? Oh, wait, did anybody see him when he became corporeal? Uh, eventually, like the shopkeeper guy. Uh, the well, eventually she says she's gonna bring him down the shopkeeper, but also he talked on the phone to her mom, which I'm imagining that it's just it's just the main character being like, "Hey, yeah, this is like a Fight Club situation <laughs> where you think Tyler Durden is doing all the shit, but really it's it's just her." Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, the first thing that I would do <laughs> if my ghost boyfriend suddenly turned corporeal mm-hmm. slash all, 100% alive, which he was like, I'm not even just corporeal. I'm 100% alive. Um, I would be like, okay, let's go down the mountain and I'm going to show you to somebody <laughs> who could, like, verify that. Because this is just, it's it's too much. It's too much. And she sees dead people already, so it's not like she can verify. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Alana, um, as as an academic, I was wondering if you could help me. How how do you cite an M- MLA? Uh, how do you cite got this information from a ghost? Because <laughs> she she was also gathering information from him. Yeah, information that she couldn't possibly trace back to the scholarly record, right? She had no citation whatsoever. No. So can you can you tell me what the M- would it be like a colon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's colon or- italicized personal interview, comma the comma is important. Ghost. Okay. Period. <laughs> Ghost. Okay. Okay. Next time this happens to me, now I'll know. <laughs> You'll know that you are. Oh, you were talking to him, but not while he was alive, but rather as a ghost that haunts that area. Got it. Thanks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we do need to separate those things. Yeah, because what if you like went into the past? Yeah, that's true. and then talk to somebody alive at that time. Yeah, that's comma time travel back. interview comma time travel because you also <laughs> need to say like what alternative history you were in at the time because you know that might be affecting you too. <laughs> no, I get that all the time from my students. <laughs> never remember that one it's probably on the the purdue owl right like it's probably the bottom of the page interview with a ghost interview with a ghost yeah how does she think that's gonna turn up in peer review you know i really thought this paper was very important but i was kind of concerned over the fact you got all of your information from a ghost a ghost that that maybe that maybe you banged period please explain that maybe you banged <laughs> Slash is human now for some reason. Yeah, um, he's alive now. So, uh, um, but he still is. He was. He's from there. He's he's from the past. Yeah, it's like I got it from Jeff. No, not this Jeff. Jeff from that time that was a ghost. Yeah, the ghost that banged me. Yeah. That became a real human boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. God, God, a fucking Pinocchio boy, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was disappointed about. No freaky ghost sex scenes. (laughs) I know, because, like, he could probably be in more places than one at once, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, he could do some, like, crazy ghost shit, right? Let me tell you, high spirits, that's, that's a, 
that's a freaky ghost sex scene. <laughs> also, <laughs> what's that movie called with Patrick Swayze? It's a, is it Ghost? Yeah, Ghost. So that isn't Ghost. That was a freaky sex scene. Yeah. How come we can't have a freaky ghost sex scene? She, I mean, yeah. like you can go in, like he can like change some things, but not all things. Like just. Just do it, like just yeah. Especially you know, balls to the wall. Especially when they're having like when they're having uh, dream sex, right? Um, like he makes her like clothes disappear, right? Suddenly, like, and that's the only oh, thing you can yeah. think of doing, right? <sighs> that was so boring. You're in a dream right now. Also, just live it up. I would say, like, at one point, like when they're when they're in the throes of of doing it, in one of the sex scenes, the ghost guy. Uh, Wyatt, he hollers, hollering. <laughs> it's in chapter thirteen, and I was like, "Is that like, is that like calling the hogs?" Well, he like, you know, he says, you know, as soon as he did, he took Wyatt with her. He hollered. I'm like, hollering is what you do to bring the pigs in, right? <laughs> hollering does not belong in a sexy. <laughs> You know, like, it does not belong in that scene at all. Like, I was like, like, if you were in your thesaurus and you wanted to seem it seem Western and like, do not use that term. He did not holler. <laughs> Hol- holler during sex. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, even the most, like, manly version I can think of is like, hey <laughs> like using your voice box it's not like a grunt usually it's like they grunt or they growl or they they but they're not like oh. <laughs> that's so funny God. yeah great book great book learn so many things yeah i mean well i don't know it seemed different right i will give it that it was different right like there was there was mm-hmm. ghost town things and ghost things and he was like kind of a hot like like uh like you know person uh from the past and it kind of worked mm-hmm. on that level it reminded me of that um the the book in which um like that prince comes from like the past and he time travels to like new york city oh kate and leopold it's a movie oh. um it reminded me of that like someone from the past and it's like got like all sorts of stuff in it i think mean, that was cool i also like i was not quite sure why like i was pretty concerned about the mental health of the main character which is funny oh, yeah. because at one point you know on chapter five I'd, I'd put the last thing he needed was a historical fe- a hysterical female on his hands was something he said and i'm like too late like she's fucking crazy dude she's fucking <laughs> crazy also like the other guy the other guy that comes up the mountain to be with her i'm with i'm on team weird. she get with that guy because he seemed pretty what awesome. Yeah. You seemed weird. Why would you be that into someone? Well, I if think they the were problem is, is that she's like a fucking tease, right? Like. Yeah. That was weird. I just thought like maybe they were just friends with benefits, but then it sounded like they'd never done anything together. Like suddenly they weren't like together together. 
but I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like maybe she was playing some games with him, especially like if her mother like is like you know she's going through some stuff. She just lost her uncle. Like go up there and like be with her. I think that kind of yeah. makes some sense. I thought it was weird that he was like, "Let's not go there. Let's let's do something other than that." Like, I mean, like if I were that and I, and I had free time, I would be like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll come with you." Mm-hmm. And then he, she didn't want him to come with, him. so <laughs> and then I would be upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, he seemed to, like, not be getting it at all. But maybe it's because she's, like, yeah. so crazy, you know. She's crazy. She's possibly needed to be on antipsychotic meds. Yeah, possibly, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I felt I felt pretty okay about this, having gone into a ghost cowboy romance involving, <laughs> you know, a, yeah. ghost, a ghost cowboy. <laughs> he was, in fact, a ghost cowboy. <laughs> Any other things about this book? No. I just had freaky ghost sex. Yeah. More. Oh he did more ghost sex. Yes. <laughs> freaky ghost sex. Freaky ghost sex. Because it's not just like fully corporeal or fully in a dream ghost sex. We need like half in, half out, like wandering around in his like little ghost kind of corporeal sense yeah because like theoretically or like like putting your hand through someone to like the other side or like some sort of shit yeah Yeah. like doing some impossible it did it did remind me of um the newest series of alana andrews um which is the hidden legacy legacy series and the guy in it is a telekinetic and he can like make you feel like warm is touching you like anywhere on on your body without without him touching you and so like then he's like actually touching you and doing that warm thing and it sounds fucking amazing yeah that sounds great and i was like you could do something like that possibly yeah but you didn't especially because you can jump into people's dreams you probably have some form of mind control but you know it's harlequin it's yeah ghost cowboy ghost cowboy I have read a Harlequin romance novel before. I think it was also a Western. It was pretty tight. I mean, it was like, you know, inoffensive in many ways. I think it also had a happy ending. Shouldn't they all? Shouldn't they? I think they should. I mean, that's part of being a romance. I suppose it would be a bit of a tragedy if he died, if you, you know, ghosted away at the end. Also, oh, the thing I was going to mention is, so she, she's with this other guy that, that is her like friend, college instructor or whatever. And, like, he is, like, really into her, and then she's, like, we'll work on us after, like, and then, like, doesn't call her. Like, he, she is literally ghosting him. (laughs) Do you think that was intentional? Like, 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 there's, like, a meta thing going on? God, I hope so. That's fantastic. Yeah, like you're not calling him, you know. I think I did think that when he was gone for like a week, the the ghost, ghost cowboy, was gone for a week and she was like, I don't know what happened to him. And I was like, he ghosted you. He ghosted That's his job. That's his main thing. Yeah, it's like his thing, guys. What was he doing? He was building actual cells. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he was doing from the inside out. Oh, God. Including linen. <laughs> that also made me wonder, like, so clearly he's, he visits the prostitutes in town. Like, do you think he has, like, ghost herpes? Oh, God. 
Maybe. I mean, also, I I want to give like a lot of props to this girl for remembering about birth control because it does not come up <laughs> in many a romance. <laughs> and even though she forgot about it later, <laughs> she there was a moment where we talked about that's how babies are made. <laughs> yeah. So I'm reading a series right now that's like a space series, different aliens and stuff and ships and high-tech equipment. They don't fucking use birth control. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you have a sentient mecca and yet you don't even like, I don't know, take BC or anything. That's a good segue actually um to talking about what we're reading. So, besides mm-hmm. besides your your alien non-birth control book, what else are you reading, Wendy? Uh, right now I'm on Born of Ice, but it's the League series of Cheryl and Kenyon. I'm in the case of audiobooks, and so <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with Sherilyn Kenyon until I get sick of her. Um, she's kind of crazy, but obviously, if you see the space, no birth control, space, no birth control, just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll stay with her for a while. It's not that great. I did read one that I did like, um, Knave of Hearts. By Elizabeth Boyle. It's the latest one from Elizabeth, Elizabeth Boyle. And that's uh, Regency. She's just super great. And then also I read recently Lady Pirate by Lindsay Sands. Guess what it's about? Oh, 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 oh. A lady pirate, maybe? Yes! <laughs> no, it's about infrastructure oh, of yeah. the economy. Yeah, no, it's about a lady who's a pirate. <laughs> She's an actual lady and an actual pirate. So, um, we're, we're really, like, working hard on those metaphors right here. Clearly. Very deep. Very deep meaning for Lady Pirate, for sure. Yeah. What are you reading, Alana? I am reading... Okay, so one book I read that I, I liked was called Rivers of London. It has another name in the U.S., but I like, I like the, the cover in England, so I'm just going to call it what it's called there, which is Rivers of London. By Ben, ben Evanovic... It is a story of, like, a London copper who um, stumbles upon, like, a sort of supernatural case and then becomes, like, a supernatural um, cop in London. And Mm -hmm. um, it's got lots of interesting characters, including um, two people who are both uh, sort of the queen and king of the River Thames. Um, One is uh, Mm -hmm. the Mother Thames who is a kind of, uh, I think she's Ethiopian, or no, she's Nigerian uh, lady. And then there's Father Thames, who's sort of kind of a upriver kind of hick a little bit. Anyway, so there's lots of interesting characters. It's kind of odd sometimes. Um, so I kind of liked it. Um, I started the series. Um, the audiobooks are really good for it um, because they're all written in this, they're all uh, audiobooks are in this kind of, uh, Cockney accent. Apparently there Ooh, are... I love audiobooks with different accents. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's in like this Cockney accent. So it kind of adds to it. Actually, apparently in this series, the series has been around for a bit. It's actually the Rivers of London series. And they um, they have some books in the series that are audiobook only, um, which huh. I think is kind of interesting. I love um, Supernatural Cops. 
Yes. And Supernatural P.I. It's fi- that is an amazing subgenre. <laughs> I know. We should read something from Supernatural P.I. sometime. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very, it's really interesting. The main character is like lower class. And so that comes up quite a bit. And he's also um, half black. Uh, hmm. So yeah, it's really good. What time period is it? It's modern day. Oh. Um, but it includes a character. His His mentor is like several hundred years old. Um, so, so that kind of comes up a couple of times. Um, so I'd recommend that series. It was pretty good. Very kind of Doctor Who, like, in many ways. Mm. Um, in a more serious thing. I read, I read White Working Class by John C. Williams, which is, Mm -hmm. um, a book about explaining the white working class to us liberals. Um, it was incredibly condescending and rude and not really about really white working class because it's written by like a high class uh, law professor woman from the east um Mm -hmm. so i did not like it but i also learned some things from it so i mean there are things you can take from it but it's pretty short it's about 150 pages and i read it for my democrat book club um and so i i wouldn't recommend it but it was all right (laughs) <laughs> I, that's how I felt about it other people disliked it more than I did but um, I guess I don't know I also read um, Feminist Fight Club by Jessica Bennett mm-hmm. uh, which is a sort of millennial lean in that has a bunch of like zines and pictures and funny things like uh, like fight moves for different types of microaggressions that women experience in the workplace um, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of trendy right now. I read it because actually Jessica Bennett was at Purdue, and so I wanted to read it before she came. And my me and my dad read it, and so I have a signed book for my dad from her. Cool. Yeah. A funny story about that is Jessica Bennett is clearly like kind of a big deal, and like hangs out with like Cheryl Sandberg and shit, right? Like mm-hmm. anyway. And so I was like talking to a couple of like my feminist friends that were like taught that were like hanging out near Jessica Bennett at, at this conference we were all at and they're like oh yeah we're going out to lunch with Jessica like tonight and I was like <laughs> I had like that moment like in the Wayne's world where I'm like uh I don't hang out with famous people like I can't do this anyway but they're like so where are you going to dinner I'm like I'm going to East End and they're like oh maybe we'll go there and sure enough they showed up and they're like we're here and I'm like fuck <laughs> Anyway, so then we went to the spot afterwards and uh, hung out with some other people. But I was, like, totally intimidated by this life experience that I was having at the time. And I was like, can you guys just, like, not? Like, I can't deal with how cool you guys are right now. Like, I don't know if you understand, but I'm, like, a really nerdy, like, not cool person. And you guys are going to learn this and be, like, super disappointed. Like, I'm not that cool. Like, go find the other cool people. Please. Mm-hmm. Let me refer you to. <laughs> She's at least 10 points cooler than Exactly. Me. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, this is too cool. Matt makes fun of me because sometimes I don't hang out with people because I consider them to be of a social status too high for me to hang out with. <laughs> and he's like, that's not a reason to hang out with someone. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, it is. If you get too far out of, like, your zones, I guess, I don't know. 
Anyway, but the book <laughs> itself is pretty all right. Um, it's not the big issue with it is the same issue that is with Lean In. I liked both of these books, but I also felt like they kind of lacked imagination for the ways in which intersectionality really affects a lot of these issues. Hmm. So mostly, I think the biggest issue was between race, uh, between gender and class, dealing with what I learned from white working class. Um, <laughs> specifically the, the fact that she's mostly looking to give tips to people who are working in like, you know, white collar work where your biggest problem in your work is not sexual harassment, but being interrupted. Yeah. I, and it's also, she assumes that the number one output of your work is going to be intellectual property. Um, which is my environment, but it's not everyone's environment. So I think it was like to a very specific type of white woman, which happens to be who I am. Mm -hmm. So I mean. So useful. So useful for me. Yay. But like not useful for everyone. So <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting book and I hung out with her and found out that apparently she's from Seattle and our, um, high schools played soccer against each other. Oh, so are y'all friends now? No, I'm still totally intimidated, and I tried to get as far away from her as possible when I was. You didn't. You didn't become Facebook friends. No, maybe I should. What if she is like your number one fan? Nah, I mean maybe maybe we could have been friends. As I was looking at her, I'm like, you're just like another Seattle person, and like we could be friends. Like if we both lived in this town, I would probably be friends with you. But you she don't. She's you live famous. You live. You're fancy and you're famous. So. You live in fancy, famous land. Exactly. I don't know. This is a problem that not very many people have, but I am increasingly aware that, like, <laughs> if someone is too famous, I don't want to hang out with them. It's, like, too scary. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yes. So, um, those are the books I'm reading right now. And that was, I was just telling you about Feminist Fight Club, so I could just brag clearly that I hang out. Uh, clearly. Clearly. Um, so next mm -hmm. month we are we are moving to vampire lore. Woohoo! Yeah, we haven't done vampires we yet. Haven't. Oh yeah, we did vampire Amish. Yeah, that's true. We did do vampire Amish, that's which is so not the same as they weren't real vampires. They weren't sexy no, vampires. They were. They were sexy vampires are the best. Exactly. So we're reading How to Marry a Millionaire Vampire by <laughs> Carolyn Sparks. I believe it is a how-to manual. So. <laughs> Of which I will be very interested in learning. Yes, exactly. And and joining us will be another guest. Uh, it will be my friend Heidi. Hooray! Who Yay. is our only fan. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, she's our best our fan. Our best fan. Our number one. And our, our best and worst. Because there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. All right. So... <laughs> Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available every third Sunday on iTunes. Our next podcast will be available on Sunday, October 22nd. So it'll be kind of Halloween because it's vampire. Um, yeah. yeah. If you want to learn more about our love of romance novels, you can visit GwenWendy.com. That's GwenWendy.com. You can also follow Alana on Twitter at LibraryAlana. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. The Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo.